Hello, everybody. Hello, 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 and welcome to another fantastic, fantastic. Whoa, jeez, rough week. You can tell I took a day off from work, so I haven't talked much all day. Welcome to another fantastic episode of Nerds of the North, the premier former video game podcast, hosted by two bros, a third guy, only live from Simon's basement, Adam's basement, and Matt. New location. Where in the world is Matt today? So we're still on a second floor. Still on a second floor. He's just got to be better than us, huh, Adam? We're stuck in the basements. I don't even have a second floor. It's it's like Downton Abbey, you know? I guess. <laughs> I, uh, now i got to watch that During show to fucking quarters. get that reference. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Or like uh, me creating like some Elizabethan thing in, in The Sims 3. Man, The Sims 3 was so good. I've been playing a little bit of The Sims 4 out of boredom. And because, like, why not, I guess? And then I just look back at The Sims 3 and, like, weep. I'm like, ah. Oh. Man. Yeah, I miss uh, like local co-op on The Sims 2, like split-screen Sims. Oh my god, I remember that. It's amazing. Throwback. Wow. Yeah. wow. Tremendous. Oh, that takes me back. Yeah, well, I mean, we talked about it last episode, but if you guys want local co-op, you just gotta go ahead and pick, pick up It Takes Two, which we'll talk about in a video game-themed episode, but that game just keeps going. It might be the game that never ends. I'm not sure if there is credits. Every time I think of like, okay, this game was only 40 bucks, we're rounding third. Nope. Entirely new section. Anyway, that's what we're talking about. We're Welcome to the basically the Marvel Power Hour. We're not specifically going to be talking about Marvel, but really we are. So mostly we're going to be talking about uh, What If episodes 7 through 9. We've now finished What If. Um, but I also do want to point out a couple things. First of all, I kind of want to talk about what you guys are watching and see if uh, we can pin down what we're going to start watching next. Uh, but... I do want to point out that I opened Disney Plus the other day and softly wept to myself that I saw Free Guy is now on Disney Plus. Now, it's a good movie. I encourage people to watch it. That wasn't the problem. But I feel like I watched it in theaters like less than a month ago. So I'm like, fuck. Like, I could have waited like six weeks. Damn it, Disney. So there you go. You guys, Free Guy is available to you. As is uh, Black Widow is now for free for everybody on Disney Plus. And uh, I feel like I watched like 19 shows in a week. I want to get to one of them that Matt has talked about. But after talking about it last episode, I think I talked about the uh, Superman or uh, so the Lois and Clark. I think that's what I thought it was called. So I downloaded all of Lois and Clark and it looked very retro. I'm like, wow, look at this. Like the first episode. Very, very throwback. No, Lois and Clark was a Superman show from the 80s. I just downloaded the wrong show. Shit. <laughs> so I went and downloaded They the really movie. got this 80s aesthetic down. Yeah, it's astounding. Like, how did they do it? The budget must have been insane. Anyway, so then I downloaded the correct show, which was Superman and Lois. And I can confirm uh, to the audience, as I confirmed to you guys a couple weeks ago whenever I watched it, it is indeed the best live-action Superman that we've seen in a very long time. He's very earnest, very heartfelt. It's a great show. It's only one ep- or one season so far. Highly recommend it. I also watched all of uh, Mythic Quest, that Apple TV thing that's um, basically like a sit- like The Office, but for a video game studio. It's pretty good. Hmm. It wasn't a waste of time, but it's like, okay, well, we don't know when they're going to do season three because it's the Always Sunny people and they're you know busy doing other things and being mm-hmm. rich and unawesome. Um, and I'm like, okay, I, you know, if you just stopped there, I'd be okay. Like, I chuckled for about 20 episodes and, and that's that's pretty good, but... I also watched yeah. Ted Lasso, which has, until the past two weeks, Ted Lasso was, I think, the thing that consumed the internet by storm. And now something else has taken over, so I want to get to that too. But, um, Matt, 
I think you're the only one that I successfully convinced to watch any Ted Lasso. How far have you gotten? Only an episode or two? Um, I, I believe up to episode four. Ooh. I can't remember 100% off the top of my mind, but I'm pretty sure, yeah, I've seen the first three. Okay, so impressions? It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I was completely unaware that it was based on like an old NBC ad campaign. So was I. Um, Didn't know that either. Yeah. Yeah. I went, I looked up something like Ted Lasso on, on YouTube and there was, yeah, like a nine-year-old, uh, I don't know if it's like Monday Night Football or whatever, like commercial with Jason Sudeikis as Ted Lasso, like going to England. Um, so yeah, it's based off of a, a TV commercial. Um, way better than you would think for a show being based off of a TV commercial. Uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm really liking it so far. Um, the Ted himself rides the line between being so annoying and extremely likable really, really well. Where you can sort of understand, I mean, I know the owner is sort of, you know, a bit of a villain in the thing, but like, you understand how she's just like so exasperated and frustrated at this guy, but you can't help but love him at the same time. You know, they do a really, really good job of humanizing him. And the the humor, it's not like gut-bustingly funny, but it's just very, like, it's just very clever. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, over, I mean, you know, only a few episodes in, but so far I'm really liking it. Clever, I think, is my favorite type of humor. I've started to do a joke a day at the work to keep things light. And uh, that you, if you do a joke a day, they're never all going to be good, but they can at least all be clever. Like uh, the one that was divided the room that I'm hoping you in the audience uh, will appreciate. And I think Adam will appreciate because um, it's a little bit of wordplay. Man's, man's at a funeral. He says to the widow, I'd like to, say a little, I'd like to say a little something about the deceased. So the widow says, okay. He goes up to the pulpit, stares out at the crowd, and with conviction, he says, plethora. And then he sits back down, and the widow goes over to him and says, thank you. That means a lot. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that one. <laughs> I like telling that joke over Zoom because I could see a wave of people who are like, what the sh- Oh my god, that's so stupid. <laughs> yeah. So well it's the kind it's it's the kind of joke, and I think it's sort of the same thing in the show where it's like people might not necessarily laugh, but it gets a reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I actually did watch Ted Lasso. Oh, how much? Um, uh, I think the first five episodes. Oh, even more than that. There you yeah, go. Yeah, no, well basically I had a an an evening where I had to clean out uh the the room I'm recording in. And so I just put it on in the background while I was working. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it did the job there. Um, I I agree with basically most of what Matt said. I thought it was clever. I haven't been loving it. Like, I, I haven't watched it since. And that was like, I don't know, a week ago. And I haven't really had the urge to. Because mm-hmm. for me, now again, I guess this is very mild spoilers for like the next episode, Matt. But they win a game. And... <laughs> I figured it had to happen eventually. Um, and and at that point, I was like, "Yep, I'm good. That's that's what I was watching to see." <laughs> um, but I I enjoyed the characters. I agree with you. I think the way that Ted is done is really really good, um, because you sort of see just how like he he's not played he is played for laughs, but he's not played 
over the top. He's played like an actual person is. And you see that the way that that sort of attitude, even though it means well, will rub certain people the wrong way. Um, you know, like his wife. Oof. Um, Oof. Oh, yeah. Too soon. I'm, he's not even real, and I'm going to too soon that. <laughs> but that was, uh, no, I, I, yeah. There were moments I was like, oh, that's cover. There were a couple, I'm not a cringe humor kind of guy, and there were a couple where it was just like, oh, that's, that's just uncomfortable. Like, I don't need secondhand embarrassment. Mm-hmm. I, I don't find that terribly funny, but I really like I like the wordplay between him and the other coach. Like when they do a couple of those long running uh, rhyming jokes, I like that. Ah, uh, Coach Beard. Yeah, I, re- I really like him. And uh, I'm warming to the the players on the soccer team that they actually bother to tell us about. What I'm discovering is kind of my weakness, maybe because I just talked about with Superman and Lois. Is I it's also my favorite. Uh, What's um shit I had his name in my head? That poet who got in put in prison for uh for bumming. Wow, I can't remember that word either. Oh my god. Sodomy. <laughs> Oscar Wilde. Let me mm. try this again, I'll edit everything out that I just said. <laughs> no, fuck it, I'll keep it. So my uh, my taste is a lot like my favorite Oscar Wilde play, also the only Oscar Wilde play that I've ever read. Which was the importance of being earnest. Where I just really like shows and movies that are very earnest and very heartfelt you know yeah i don't like things that are too veiled or too grimy or too whatever that's why i like superman lois so much that's why i like something like shazam so much uh and that's i think that's why i like ted lasso so much because as you say he's got like his earnestness is sort of an unstoppable force yes. and the uh mm-hmm. the manager rebecca keeps trying to put up immovable objects in front of him and it just doesn't it succeed. Doesn't sl- it doesn't even slow him down. Yeah. Yeah. So that I found very addicting to watch. And of course, over the course of the, I won't spoil the way the the finale ends, but it's not like they. I mean, you could tell they're not going to win. This isn't a Mighty Ducks movie, okay? They're not yeah. going to win the <laughs> Premier League championship. If yeah. you're watching this for that, prepare to be disappointed. But I thought that uh, having mostly finished season two now. The momentum of seeing him win over a team and an organization in season one, I found very addicting, and I understand why it like took the world by storm, because he's so infectious and the characters are so well written, you know. Yeah. Um, and then season two, he's kind of won over the team, and they're trying to build something. So there's drama that comes from outside, and there's also like, can the team uh, push to get better? So there are you know different pushing points, and I, I find that I'm not enjoying it quite so much so if you guys aren't super won over by season one the the show might just not be for you although i'm a little bit surprised because out of the three of us i would have said that i was like firmly in third position for fandom of the beautiful game uh british football and yet that's like a key point of this but it does have just a lot of like british humor so i'm very down for that but yeah interesting interesting that there's been a wide variety of reactions it did clean up with the emmys though so props to them. And props to Jason Sudeikis because whenever the show is over, it's probably going to get looked back very positively. But and am I putting the cart before the horse on this one? Maybe. Uh, but I think he'll Ted Lasso's character and his portrayal will get looked at in a Michael Scott fashion. Where it was sort of one of those TV characters that was unrepeatable by anyone else. And a flash in the pan, and somehow they got like the, an amazing character and an amazing writer who portrayed him in an amazing way, and took something and ran with him, in a in a 
very similar way. I, I'm, I'm honestly pretty confident that that's how he's going to go down in history. It does. Yeah, feel he like does an amazing job with it, mm-hmm. and it's it's almost a dangerous character. Like they play the balancing act very well, you know, like the sort of you know ignorant American in Europe trope has been done a lot, and it's usually at the character's expense. But you don't. Yeah. That's not really what they do with it. No, you know, he he is extremely earnest and could very easily be made fun of, and but very rarely do they venture into that humor. You know, which is probably good. You know, if you're if you're, you're trying to humanize your main character, you want people to not be, you know, making fun of him, laughing at him. Yeah. You know, I think they found a really good balance, and they do have a lot of like very nice humanizing moments. Actually, mm-hmm. like one of my favorite moments so far from the show. Uh, it's not really a spoilers thing, but I think you'll probably know what I mean when I say it. When uh, at the end of one of the episodes, both my girlfriend and I said out loud, like. Aw, he made them himself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I know exactly what yeah, you mean. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, they do a really good job of humanizing him, and it just sort of, like, you're you're very on Team Ted. Yeah. Yes. It's a bit... It's it's a total magic trick that they 100% pull off. Like, the, the closest stereotype or, like, trope you could put him in is lovable idiot, but as you say, they very carefully write him to be not an idiot. Yes. Like, he keeps getting put in these situations that you think would make him an idiot, and then the way he reacts, he's just like, nope, this guy is just totally positive and earnest, and he's going to do these things his best. And so that's when, like, the... Yeah, well, I won't spoil anything that happens in Season 2, but there you go. It, it, he doesn't, like, his character doesn't change in Season 2. They just add yeah. a little more a little more drama, because in the first season, the drama is, can he fix this team, or can he get this team on his side? Can he yeah. get this organization on his side? Can he get the city on his side and so by season two not exclusively but for the most part he succeeded in that job all of those questions yeah yeah exactly and so i thought that the the substitute drama just wasn't quite as engaging as the first season but we'll see if you guys uh, even get there anyway uh speaking of potential one season wonders uh let's talk about the last three episodes of what if unless actually no before we do that um two things first of all have you guys seen anything new and exciting that you're burning to share no. I uh, I have ventured into Squid Game. Oh, that's where we're going. Which is the, that's the where new we're going, internet baby. sensation. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what that's what I want to talk about before we go into what if I haven't watched it. I haven't watched a fucking lick of it because I think that it should be the next uh, the next show that we talk about on air. And I'm, what I'm hoping is like after what if, which is just kind of popcorny, like I. If this was an ep- if this were, if we were talking about three episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we wouldn't have had time to shoot the shit about Ted Lasso because it's just not very dense. Uh, yeah. What if is? Um, I'm hoping that Squid Game might get might be sort of the the denseness that we're looking for to do more consistent deep dive episodes. But it, Matt, having seen it, spoil like tell me nothing. I know nothing. <laughs> I don't want to know a thing. I mean, I know what I've seen on like Twitter and stuff, so I. I have like a general idea, but it's more of a haze instead of like a clear mm-hmm. picture. So just general reactions. Is it worth the hype? And should we watch it? People tell us if we should watch it. Facebook.com slash nerds of the North podcast. Let us know. Yeah, it's, I don't, I don't know if I can quite say that I'm enjoying it because <laughs> oh, I, love I don't know that it's a, I don't know if it's the type of show 
that you like are supposed to enjoy. You know, enjoyment is not the emotion that I'm feeling when I'm watching it. Um, that said, I think it's very good. And it is, I think, at the same time, both better and worse than you would expect in different ways. What an interesting huh. turn of phrase. Yeah, I don't want to give anything away, but I think uh, I can, <laughs> when, when we get to it, I can explain what I mean by that. Um, but uh, definitely worth giving it a watch. How long are the episodes? They're like like a full hour each. Like a full hour, okay. So we could probably yeah. Well, you know, fifty to sixty minutes in there somewhere. Okay, so maybe let's aim for next week. We'll do a review on episode one, and that will give us sure. time to uh, to watch it and, and gain some sort of an opinion. Okay, so let's move into what if. Um, speaking of things that are meant for enjoyment, I thought the the sixth episode of What If with Thor was it my favorite episode of the series? No. I do think it was the most necessary part of the series because, boy, it was starting to get a little heavy there for a while. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think uh, after, like, Killmonger was basically, like, the the villain is just straight up better than everybody and he's going to win. You know, we had had a couple, like, let me actually go back here because it was, like, Doctor Strange, he loses. And then yeah. zombies, they don't really win and there's zombie Thanos. And then Killmonger. Like, the, the three that we have before this were all very dour to, you know, interesting levels of success and entertainment-wise. So I think having just a goofball episode with Thor was the panacea that this show needed. So I, I'm not going to, like... This isn't going to be the thing that I rewatch over and over again. It's sort of like a... Almost like if you listen to an album... Rather than watching individual or like listening to individual songs, sometimes you appreciate. Okay, maybe the heavy song was my favorite, but I really appreciate the power ballad that came after it because I'm I needed that for my soul. Yeah, you know what I mean? I guess you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I felt that way about this. It was just a good episode. Like I don't even have that much to say about it. It was it was good. It was cute. Thor was good. It's cute. We got to see Captain Marvel, and I think she was more likable here than in her own movie. To be quite honest. Not that that's um, part of clear. No, mm-hmm. and I thought that like that the things they did with Loki and like Howard the Duck was in there, and you got to see more of. Uh... Howard the Duck was fucking great. I I, <laughs> I loved everything about Howard the Duck. Yeah, the best Howard the Duck work they've they've used, and like I don't think they brought back Rene Russo, but you got to see more of Thor's mall. Like you just got to see a bunch of stuff that was just really pleasant to see, and I just like had a good time for half an hour, and after the intensity of the last two episodes, that's all I needed. Yeah, I agree with you. That's yeah. It's a hundred percent just one of those you know in the premise of the week type shows. You have your Doctor Strange dark stuff, and then you got to have your like silly fun Thor stuff. You know, you have the whole range of stuff, so you might as well use it, right? And sometimes you know you get too much of one thing in a row. No, I don't think it was too much, but you know you just need to break it up every once in a while. And I thought it did. A, it was this episode was perfect for that. Mm-hmm. Especially because clearly they knew what we were going into. Yeah. And it was cool to see a lot of like, you know, a bunch of sort of Marvel side characters got like one off cameos, you know, Howard the Duck or um, I can't remember his actual character name, but Jeff Goldblum. Oh, Um, the Grandmaster. The Grandmaster. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, or seeing Loki as an actual frost giant was kind of cool. You know, just little like one off things like that are kind of fun to see. And Surtur hitting on the Statue of Liberty. That was good. I like that. Yeah. Um, I, I think my favorite thing was that everybody's literally just ignoring Thor, but he's like, we have to clean up. And then he drops the, my mother is coming and the universe stops. Like, yeah. 
It got, like, I never thought I would say this, but Thor went cat in the hat, and it worked. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. That's, yeah, that's it, exactly it, what it was. It was cat in the hat, and it was great. It, it shouldn't work, but it totally did, and it was, yeah, fun to see. Even though, like, Thor is fun now, this was, like, a different type of fun, so that was also just, just interesting to see. And, uh, yeah, you're right, so many big characters. But let's talk about episode eight. At episode nine, the only episodes that go together. So episode eight, what if Ultron won? Uh, this was a, I mean, it was a good point. I never even thought like, you know, I don't think a lot of people thought that Ultron was that terrifying a villain because Avengers two isn't that highly looked upon anymore. By the way, which I think is a the mistake actor for the record, it's a pretty good movie. Uh, I, uh, the actor who played Ultron here did a fine job. Was this Ross Marquand again? Maybe probably. Yeah. Uh, what a it was James Spader doing so much that he yeah, couldn't pop and you in. You couldn't get him back because he did a great job. I wanted. <laughs> yeah, to, I was. You could get. I was very disappointed in that. Yeah, that was like the one the one downside because I think even the people who don't like that movie would agree, but James Spader fucking killed it as Ultron. Like yeah. he just did such a good job. So to not get him back was a bit disappointing because this guy I think like of all the sound alikes sounded the least alike. And maybe it's because yeah. James Spader has a very distinctive voice, but like it, it, it wasn't just a oh, this is like a what's the one looking for? Like a no-name brand president's oh, yes, choice, yeah. James Spader. It was like this is an entire different dish. This is this is yeah, this is somebody yeah. else. I think this was the only this was the first sort of different voice actor to me that was actually kind of distracting. Yeah, you know, yeah. like every once in a while, I'd be like, okay, yeah, there's a little bit of that sort of like, you know, James Spader quality, but like every once in a while and the rest of the time it just sounded like someone different yeah and especially because he looks so different like the character design is so wildly different than he was before aside from like the first five minutes it's sometimes easy to forget that that is ultron yeah uh and when you have a digital character the voice is so important so it's like mm. i mean maybe it's like uh hugo weaving and he was like truly didn't want to come back but hugo weaving big movie star i mean james spader he's a good actor but what's he doing yeah, there's no. I'm just looking it up. There's no specific reason. He's uh, apparently he's on a show called The Blacklist. Oh, I. Well, that's that great. Show. That's great for him. But fucking come in for a couple. <laughs> Marvel, give him a bag. There's no problem that can't be solved with a Disney amount of money. I refuse to believe that. Yeah. <laughs> like clearly, you've got someone like Samuel L. Jackson on retainer because he showed up for like two lines in the <laughs> last a couple episodes. But for the love of God, you get. Get motherfucker. Send an intern out there with a Yeti Nano and the lines if you have to. <laughs> this was important. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah, I think for an animated show, basically the only reason someone wouldn't come back is if they're just not interested in coming back. Yeah. Because, like, really, like, you know, like, anime voice actors, something, they'll do, like, an entire series worth of dialogue, you know, over, like, a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? Like, I, I always found it interesting when I'd, you know, see videos on YouTube of, like, you know, panels with, like, the actors from, like, Full Metal Alchemist or something. And it's, like, you know, like, they're all great friends. But it's, like, you guys only actually worked on this show for, like, a week. 16 days <laughs> or something, you know. So, it's, like, for one episode of this, like, it's, you know, it's a, not even an afternoon. So, I would have to think that if someone isn't back, it's just because they don't want to be. It's not that, you know, they Disney obviously can't afford it. No, but, or, but you know, like their schedule's too hectic or something. To yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer. 
Like we're not. <laughs> you just hey, keep, I'm not like, interested. You just slide another thousand dollars. How about now? Still no? How about now? And you just keep going until they're interested. Yeah. How many Ferraris do you want, James? <laughs> because we could just keep going. Like Yeah. I yeah. For for some places, for some companies, sure, I believe it. Like why doesn't uh, like the average DC movie get like Henry Cavill to voice Superman? Okay. I get that. But this is like a flag this is the f- series and if not series finale of like the flagship series going on right now. They've spared no expense, quote Jurassic Park, on the other series, right? Like how much, take the budget that you would have used for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier finale fight. How expensive was that final episode? Yeah. Put it into this one. Get James. <laughs> I'm going to send a letter to him. That's what I'm going to do. James, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, James, Someone do a where fan the fuck edit. were you? We needed you, buddy. Despite us shitting on James Vader for the past five minutes, I actually kind of liked the episode. It was I was impressed with how dark it got, right? Like, he totally fucked everything up, like, immediately. Oh, yeah. Then you see him just continue to fuck up the entire universe, which was nice because we'd just seen those characters uh, moments before. But uh, then that scene, it's about ten minutes in, where the Watcher is doing, like, his narration thing, which has been safe before. Yeah. And Ultron becomes aware of it. You're just like, oh, shit. And... The word fear, I don't think, would ever have fit any of the previous uh, Disney Plus episodes. I got a little scared there. It reminded me of like a twisted Stranger Than Fiction when the Watcher is actually narrating the fact that oh, Ultron yeah. is aware of him. Yeah. But like, Ultron's terrifying. <laughs> oh, yeah. I agree. I was That was an actual scary moment. Cause, and we've also haven't really seen that kind of thing. It's like, what does you know like interacting with multiple dimensions and universes look like like what's gonna happen i have no idea and i mean we know that the watcher is like a very powerful being but i you know i was sort of thinking it's like okay is he like very powerful in that he has like super strength and shoots lasers or is he very powerful in that like he sees all but if like ultron punches him really hard he's gonna die yeah you know I think we got a little bit, you know, somewhere in the middle of that. But I was like really, really actually uncertain of what was going to happen. It was it was fun. Yeah, especially that we know from Loki that they're not afraid of really fucking... And that, they can only fuck things up tremendously so much. Yeah. Right, and Loki already rocked everything to its core, so... But yeah, there was a, a good period of time when it looked like... That it was like, oh man, you thought it was going to be like Kang was going to be the problem or... Uh, what's the other guy? The, the Fantastic Four villain big guy galactus doctor doctor doom? Doom. No. Yeah. either one actually they both i was thinking of galactus but doctor doom works just oh, yeah, as well galactus that you thought like they yeah. might fuck things up it's like oh no it's gonna be evil ultron is gonna be the real problem so yeah this it was a, i mean it was a good episode i still even having seen the finale of the ninth episode which we'll get to in a second uh i zola really more powerful than ultron i never bought that yeah, it's no. a good chunk of this yeah, episode. Yeah, that seemed a little strange. Yeah, I, I didn't mind hanging out with Nat and Clint. I didn't mind that the Watcher was like, it's right fucking there. It's right fucking there. You know. Oh, that was great. I love that so much. Yeah. that It was all Because I would have to think that even just like an Iron Man suit would be higher tech and more advanced than Zola. Zola, you know? Like the guy, you know, he's a genius, obviously. But like in terms of the actual like programming, yeah, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I didn't really buy that part. 
unless it's some version of because I mean you'd have to think that Jarvis was pretty advanced too, but unless it would be some version of the final battle with uh, now here we are with visions again with the like the ship of of uh, Theseus, right? Where like if Zola got in there and kind of like talked Ultron out of it or something like that. I don't know how they would do it, but that's how I thought they would have to do it because just go in there and be a virus that was unstoppable. It's like I don't, I don't think so. That doesn't yeah. make sense with what we're what we're seeing. I mean, this guy can like break into the uh, I don't want to say the nexus of the universe because the Tesseract. Well, that's what they called it in Interstellar, but Tesseract is another thing. So shit, yeah. I'm mixing up my fancy science fiction gobbledygook. Yep. But the point is. He can break into the universe. He can, like, at one point in the next episode, he bites the universe. Like, he turns giant and bite. He can do all that, but he can't rid his body of a virus. I don't know. Don't yeah. believe it. I, I, I also had trouble. Get that, that doubt part. meme from uh, L.A. Noir. Yes, doubt. exactly. <laughs> Big doubt. <laughs> Big doubt. But, yeah, the, I thought the, it, the fight scenes, actually, with Ultron and the Watcher were good. It, and we haven't had... I mean, we've had a few fight scenes, but... I'm getting reminded that animated fight scenes can be expensive. more interesting. <laughs> well, expensive, but also yeah. they can just do things that it's nice when they do things that you could never see in real life. So yeah. like going back and forth and like punching between different universes and now they're here. Now they're here. Now they're doing this. That was just all. That was really cool. Yeah. yeah. Pleasant and entertaining. <laughs> so episode nine secret wars diet or diet secret diet wars secret basically wars, yeah we wondered if we'd see some of these characters again what we didn't see was zombie thanos we did see another similarly powered zombie yeah uh but that's not where i thought this was going i'll put it like that um but a solid use of the characters so you get to see what's the team captain carter bro thor uh killmonger successful killmonger <laughs> doctor strange uh, nice to see him Supreme. again. Yeah, Strange Supreme. Yeah, that's they call that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yep. Yeah. Right you are. Right you are, Ken. Not Iron Man. Hmm? Oh, yeah, deliberately. Not Iron very Man. Very deliberately. Yeah. Not Iron Man. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like that meme, like, you, 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 not you, you, <laughs> yeah, you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of nice, actually. I, it Because, you know, in the previous episode, Tony never really had his, like, redemption arc that he went through in the actual movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, he's not really he's not ready. ready for yeah. that role. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if Killmonger is. <laughs> I think, well, I but, think uh, based on what we know, how it ends, that there was a reason for that. That was intentional. Yeah. It's sort of like the Doctor Strange in Endgame, right? Where it's like, why would he do that? Well, he did that. So yeah, I agree, Adam. That was bugging me the entire time. Like, why would they bring Killmonger when he's seen this guy betray them constantly? Oh, because he's counting on it. Yeah. And, and Doctor Strange, of course, eventually figures that out. Yep, uh, he figures it out twice, basically. Doctor Strange, the king of figuring things out. And then uh, Gamora with the the Thanos killer with Thanos' blade, who we didn't get an episode with. So it's like, was that just yeah. a lost episode? Because I would have liked to I see I was that. kind of sad that we didn't get to see that. Yeah. Because it's like, on one hand, okay, sure, you're implying that there's more to this that we haven't seen. But on the other hand, we did see the rest of them. And okay, so Ravager, T'Challa, sorry, yeah, makes very much sense. I know why you want Captain Carter. I know why you want Strange, and Killmonger, um, Brothor. What did is he? Is this do? the best? 
this is the best version of Thor we could have gone with. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it didn't seem like because Loki wasn't there, he was more powerful. So, like, that was a little... He was a well, little bit strange to me, too. It, it struck me a little bit as the... Um, what's the, the thing? In sort of the, the same way of uh, Star-Lord's thing in uh, Infinity War, where it's just like, okay, we need the Thor who's gonna screw up. Because mm-hmm. that, that, that makes the timing work somehow. Yeah, he's seen the realities with the more serious Thors, and that doesn't and work. So doesn't something work, about yeah. something yeah. about the Thor that screams Vegas every scene. <laughs> oh, that that was my favorite line of the episode. Yeah, the big I, Viva Las Vegas. I, that I was pretty good. I've never heard that battle cry before. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, they go into it. They have a plan. They have Gamora has a soul crusher. Uh, the plan is basically to distract. I mean, it's not like a super complicated plan to distract Ultron and then steal the soul to steal stone. the stones. It's yeah. just yeah, it's just that simple. So, why was the? Do they say why the soul stone was specifically the one to steal first? They don't. I my personal suspicion on this one is that it's the one he noticed the least. Mm-hmm. So it's like you need one of the stones to power the machine to get all the others. And if you're gonna, if if he's busy fighting, that's the one he's gonna take the longest time to notice he's missing. That's a good point. That's a good point. I actually like that theory quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Probably would have worked out for them if they had gone for the time stone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but uh, they already had. But them. then, yeah, yeah I did, Strange kind of had a time stone. That's true. So that was interesting. You'd think they they could have redone Avengers Endgame and just like he could have taken uh, the stones from other realities. Yeah. And then got some, you know. Well, actually, I kind of thought that was what happened when when they do the whole like when he's dead but not dead, and he goes, "I'm very surprised. I thought the Watcher would have warned you." And I'm like, "Oh shit, he's got like there's more of them." But no. It was, yeah, that's what uh, I was thinking too, actually. Yeah. That there's more to it than just that, which was which was interesting. But that being said, uh, I talked about the fight scene in the previous episode, those ones, and then the one in Doctor Strange, like the Doctor Strange fight, looked good. But uh, they used the budget that they didn't use on James Spader to make all the fights in this look really cool. I thought, yeah. like, the dimension hopping, if you like that, play Ratchet and Clank uh, adrift apart, by the way, because that's basically the entire game going through dimensions. Uh, it looked really great. Strange, everything he did looked super cool. Uh, you know, Captain Carter gets a little more time to shine because I thought, as we all said, she was a little bit bland in her episode. Yeah, it she was, was way solid. more interesting here than in her, than in her actual episode. Yep. The classic, the classic, and then yeah, I I was with it for like the first two thirds, and then Zola showed up, and he was like, "I'm going to destroy you somehow." Like, okay, okay, didn't quite work, but yeah, on the sure. whole, <laughs> like the way it went out, and then again the fact that they were very clever at the end, and. Uh, I don't know if this, I mean, it's no doubt from the comics, but I, for me, it's more from uh, the Spider-Man 90s cartoon where Captain America and the Red Skull are like locked in eternal oh, combat. Yeah, yeah, yeah so that's that. kind of reminded me of this. And uh, just it was good to see this version of Doctor Strange kind of get to atone for his wrongs, you know? Yeah. And, and you know, the, all that power didn't go to waste because he got to do something. So everything with him, I, I really enjoyed. Just a solid episode. Solid episode kind of episode this this the show needed yeah good finale yeah, it was a good one to go out on we get the sort of you know 
alternate universes avengers was was fun to see yeah it's weird i i feel like there should be more to say and yet i'm just like yeah yeah, yeah. Good. I guess I, I was sort of surprised to be honest, but now it sort of does feel like the natural next step. You know, if like the regular Marvel stuff is like, well, here's all these characters in the individual movies then have a team up. It's like, well, it does sort of make sense that what if would be like, here's all these like alternate versions of characters and then we're going to team them up and you can see like, you know, yeah, a mixed up version of someone interacting with like, you know, another mixed up version of whoever. And that's sort of fun in its own way. And it was, yeah, I thought it was a good way to end it off. Mm-hmm. It's also just inherently satisfying it's a bit of a trope but it's a real a one that i really enjoy when they pull it off well just the whole uh, we brought you in from different realities and you need to fight like that's just always very entertaining it's it's fun when you know characters have to go up against villains that their world created just like them and you know they're built for them and whatever yeah but it's really fun when you get a break that's why secret wars is so successful it's really fun when you get a break from that and just be like well what if we plopped, plucked a hero out of this and put them into a different story? Like, how would they succeed? This isn't exactly like that. It reminds me of, uh, I don't know if you guys played it, one of the DLCs for Fire Emblem Awakening, where, like, the parents have to go back in time instead of the kids coming back or forward oh, in time. Oh, yeah, I vaguely remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just stuff like that, where it's just like, we're going to put put you into a universe where you're more needed is just kind of... It's still new and interesting. Whenever it's done, and it's done pleasantly like this, just a really cool thing to see. Yeah, you just feel good for the character. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, I don't, I don't know if there, we need to say more than this, other than it's time to rate them. I really don't want to do it. I don't, I don't want to make you guys do it. I don't want to do it myself. <laughs> to me, the show after watching this, this is the one that broke me. I now, I don't. I'm sure people are going to make lists out there. To me, now they're just in one jumbled mess. Because when I try, like, it, you know, I, something about the top three just made it easier. Yeah. But I'm expecting I'm going to enjoy, not, like, fall in love with, but enjoy Hawkeye. You know, that's just what these, they stopped being new and interesting and different. And they just became another Marvel thing. And if you like Marvel things like we all do, you'll enjoy them. But... I couldn't, if I'm being honest, point to one over any other one at this point in time. Looking back on them, I seriously could. They're they're just in a conglomerate. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of there. It's it's hard at this point because we've yeah. seen so much. It's a little bit like the movies. Yeah, where like you said, you know, after a while they stop being special. Not that they're not, not that they can't still be really good, but they do stop being a little bit special. And it's like, oh, another Marvel thing. And I like the Marvel thing, so I'm going to keep doing it. But, uh, yeah, once you get into, like, having a whole bunch of them, each one of them isn't as big of a deal, you know? Yeah. Yeah, just just pleasant. Just a good time, like the other ones. It does make you appreciate, like, I I never would have, and I'm still not saying this, I never would have put myself in the superhero fatigue category because I love the type of movie so much. But, uh I think that we're kind of due for the next. I mean, it's only been a couple more, couple years since Infinity War, I guess, which was the last one. But we're due for like the next, like, rock your socks genre defining movie. You know, like you could probably come up with a few different ones. Like, you know, The Dark Knight and Iron Man came out in one year. Damn, yeah, that's a pretty good year. And then Avengers was probably the next one. I would argue the next one after that was um, Captain America: The Winter Soldier that really changed things even though i actually prefer 
Civil War, I don't think it's like the genre defining thing the way those were. I would actually put Logan in that same category. And then Infinity War was the next one. Those are the ones I can think of where it's just like, those are the transcendent ones that really shook up the formula and made us not get tired with it. And I enjoyed Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet. I have not. Have you? No. Matt? I did finally go and see it. Ew. First time back in a movie theater in like two years. What'd you think? I thought it was really good. Did it define, did it, Same thing. Was it really good or did it define a genre? Just really good. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I had a great time. I would happily watch it again. Uh, but yeah, it's not like, you know, it's not changing any games. Exactly. But I really enjoyed it. What'd you think of the villain, Wen Wu? I thought he was great. So good. Um, so good. Yeah, best best Marvel villain in a while. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. He's in a yeah, in a like ground. really really solid cast the whole way through. Actually, I really enjoyed them all. Even some people were nervous about Aquafina, but she did good. She did her job. She was awesome. Yeah. Did what she could. But yeah, so we're we're due for another shakeup, and I don't know if it's going to come from Marvel. It's going to come from someone else. I'm a little worried that it's not going to come from Marvel because right now they're just focused on having something for your eyes to be on at all times. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Although we, we're soon going to be getting back into to, to sort of like the big main Marvel movies, which I, will, I think will probably bring some of that back. It's yeah. just been, you know, since Infinity War Endgame, it's been mostly kind of side project type things. Which have been mostly enjoyable, but I, I'm looking forward to you know getting back to the to the big boys. Well, I think a lot of the cast of Shang Chi would say, "Hey, what are you talking about? We've already got there." Yes, no, that's true. They're yeah, they would be you know sort of the first one back probably. Yeah, and then we'll. I mean, it's really got potential to go either way, but I'm excited about the prospect of Eternals being that kind of thing that shakes things up because everything we've seen about it so far, it does not look like it's going to be the standard formula. So it might be like the episode six with bro Thor, but for the Marvel movies where it's just like, is it going to be anyone's favorite? No, but did we just need it right now? Maybe. So that's what I'm hoping for. Okay. Final thoughts on uh, what if Uh, I was, you know, I thought it was just going to be popcorn, but it turned out to be a little something, something a little more solid. And I'm okay with that. I highly recommend Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't have a high, very high expect, expectations going in, but it was pleasantly surprising. And I think I, I you know I'm I really want to see what other kind of weird things they could do with it going forward. In the same way that uh, in Casablanca, they said, we'll always have Paris. We'll always have episode four with Doctor Strange. That's true. We'll always have it. That's <laughs> going to be I think when we look back, there's going to be a few things that we remember from each episode or from each series. We look back certainly with Loki. It's the finale. That's what I'm going to remember. Uh, WandaVision, actually kind of the whole thing. I don't remember if there's one particular one that stood out. I like I like them in different phases. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Falcon to the Winter Soldier. Well, we did, we have disagreements, but I think it was, was it episode five that I really dug? I like the prepare for the finale episode. But I think that uh, the Doctor Strange one in this was, was better than any of those individually, so... Yeah. When I look back on this, I'm going to remember fondly how they did Doctor Strange right. That was pretty goddamn great. Yeah. Okay. So with that, we'll probably be recording a video game-related episode in the not-too-distant future because there's been a ton of stuff announced. There's been a GTA, a new GTA. 
which is a remake of an old GTA. God damn it. Not GTA 5. That's all we get these days. Yep. Uh, we got the final Smash Bros. character announced, which is, like, nuts to say, the final Smash Bros. character. The Nickelodeon guys, who are making their own version of Smash Bros., have been talking mad shit about Smash Bros., which is kind of entertaining. Um, but, like, poor Sakurai. Just, just let the man go free. Uh, and I feel like there's been a lot, fair amount of other stuff to talk about, so we'll do a video game episode in, in not too distant future. But in the meantime, everyone out there, have a great week. Have a safe week. We'll see you next time.